party people. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Reconnecting to the Artist Within podcast. I'm your host, Mike Murray. I have had a double shot of espresso on top of my normal coffee today, so I am feeling pretty energized, to say the least. So I've got my water here to help dilute some of that caffeine. And um, yeah, boy, today I'm really excited about today's interview. I am interviewing a gentleman named Clifford Allen. And Clifford went from a job in, let's see, technology. He said technology. I think it was, I don't know. We're going to let him decide. But now Clifford is an engineer. He's a recording engineer. So he went from tech to recording engineer. And he just entered the room. So I'm going to bring him on to the podcast. Here we go. All right. Hey, Clifford. Welcome. Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Sounds good. Fantastic. Yeah, you can just call me Cliff. Right on, Cliff. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for, you know, letting me interview. I'm excited to talk about where you've been and and where you are now. So um, I say we dive right in. What do you think? Absolutely. Hit me with it. Okay. All right. So what I love to do is I always love to start with what I call the 30,000 foot view, which is just give like the listeners a really quick overview of where you were and where you are now. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty about like the transition and how you got there. Sure. So tell us all, take it away. What did you do before this? Oh man, a lot of, um, a lot of crap jobs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those guys who uh, grew up with uh, not a whole lot of direction in life, you know, um, kind of a um, lower income background. Um, so uh, just kind of uh, drifted for a long time. And, uh, you know, the music bug bit me in my teens and everything. And so I was playing in bands and everything like that. But I didn't have a whole lot going on outside of that. You know, I thought I was going to be a big rock star. And, uh, you know, then... 25 rolled around and I'm like, uh, this ain't working out. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I've always had a a big passion for, uh, for music and everything. Um, so, um, went to school for it, took about seven years to get through it and, uh, then, you know, hopped right into it. Um, but yeah, like as far as, uh, jobs that I was working before this, it was a lot of, uh, tech support, uh, customer support jobs, um, which is actually coming in a lot of handy because, um, customer service is a huge part of the recording business. Sure. Okay. So I'd love to hear like, what age did you enter into the recording school? I was, um, when I officially started classes, um, well, I started at community college and then I transferred to, um, Texas state university after getting rid of all the gen ed stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I started going back to school at 27. And I transferred to Texas State University at 30, and I'm 35 now. So do the math. Got it. Got it. Right on. So you, that's where before you were working all of like what you said, quote unquote, shitty jobs. Yeah. Right. In customer service and tech and things. So what kind of led you to shift gears into, you know, sound engineering? Um, really, it was a, it was a matter of passion. You know, um, I 
didn't want my entire life to be governed by just chasing a paycheck, doing something I couldn't care less about. Amen. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a millennial, you know. Um, so I'm a, I'm on the I'm on the uh, beginning cusp of the millennial generation. So I realized um, right at the uh, financial collapse of 2008, I kind of realized um, this is going to be my life for for the the rest of it um, if I don't do something different. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not looking at retirement or anything like that. Very very much likely, I'm not looking looking to uh, have a retirement plan or anything like that. So I'm just going to do what I want to do and I'm going to be fucking successful at it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's, that's ultimately yeah. what it boiled down to. <laughs> I think that's the best mindset. And I, I appreciate that awareness because I have been in that place, right? Where it was like, wait a second, nobody around me that took the conventional path looks very fulfilled. They don't look very happy or alive. Uh, is this what I want to keep doing? You know, yeah. and so, you know, I'm I'm currently still in that process of <laughs> sort of digging and clawing my way out of it, you know, to create yeah, a life where I'm doing it full time. Yeah, it's it's very rough to do. And uh, like I said, if I hadn't had that offer from my brother to just kind of crash with him for a while and uh, really focus on it, then I'd still be doing that. So, you know, it's it's kind of fortuitous. Um, and and totally. I don't uh, I don't take that for granted. Totally, I can completely understand what you're saying. In fact, that's been a theme with a couple of the people I've interviewed so far where they've just had this opportunity, right? That was all about like perfect timing, the right circumstance. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was um, Randy Pausch uh, who said, um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Amen. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think he said that in his last yeah. lecture and um, that was something that was very impactful to me. Uh, you just get, you got to be prepared. At all yeah, times. That makes sense. Absolutely. Right when the opportunity comes along, it's like, um, oh, shoot. The, <laughs> I'm having, I drank a lot of caffeine, so my mind is like, <laughs> I haven't bit. even had any yet. And <laughs> oh, man, poor guy. I'll wait if you want to go get some. We can edit no, that. No, I'm good. I'm good. But um, yeah, it, it, oh, shoot. Okay. So Randy, and he said that opportunity, I don't know, man. My brain is, but yes, that is. That is it. That is it. Right. You've got to be ready for when the opportunity comes along. So it's about, Oh, I know what I was going to say. One of the things I'm into is this idea that as you're moving towards a goal, right. Those opportunities start to open up because you're, you're looking for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You kind of like see it and you're like, Oh, cool. I can go that way. And that's going to continue to support me further along on my path and my journey. So like you said, if you're prepared, you'll, you'll see those things. You'll take those opportunities, but if you're not prepared or you're full of self doubt, you know, you, you won't go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So what I'd love to know is I'd love to hear a little bit about when you were younger and you said you were really into music, you were playing in bands and then what happened that you got away from that and just got into those shitty jobs well they kind of went hand in hand um so i i started playing in bands uh when i was about 15 years old uh you know the yeah the same way that any garage band starts you know a couple friends in high school meet up and they say hey let's learn how to play some fucking metallica or some shit you know that's how it started with me um so they needed a bass player and I loved Metallica and I said, Oh, Cliff Burton, I could be like that guy. So yeah, we got the same first name. So, you know, that's a thing. 
Um, and so, you know, we started jamming and uh, I got bit by the bug. I was obsessed for a long time. Um, still am, you know, <laughs> it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, man. It um, doesn't. Um, and, but the thing was, I was in Northern New York. I know you said that you're, uh, you were from New York as well. What part, what, what part? Bath, New York. Bath. Okay. I, I, is that on the Eastern side or? It's um, central New York. It's uh, central. about 30 minutes uh, west of Elmira and you know, like the Elmira Corning Binghamton. Yep. Right I know that. Yeah, I know that area. I know a few, uh, a new, uh, who, a few folks from that area. Um, I'm okay. personally from uh, Watertown up by Syracuse. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know a lot of people in Syracuse spend a lot of time there, you know? So yeah, yeah. it's a shithole. It's a shithole. Yeah, <laughs> I will say is, that publicly. Huh? <laughs> it kind of is right. I mean, I really liked Bath when I was growing up as a kid, but you're young, you don't really understand like, you know, socioeconomic things. And so it yeah. just seems like really great small town, but then things definitely have shifted in the last, you know, 20 years or 30 years and all of these upstate towns. And so things are really, yeah, not good. Buffalo's well, I mean, Buffalo's starting to boom. Um, but I uh, that. Yeah. yeah, the, the rest of the state is just on a horrible decline, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a real bad thing when you spend 10 years out of your hometown and then you go back and it's just, you know, an opioid epidemic and, you know, uh, all your, all your friends from up there on unemployed and really struggling and, you know, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but that's, you know, that's home for me. Uh, that's where okay. I'm from. I, uh, and that's where I tried to be a rock star. And uh, so, you know, based on my, my description of the place, you could already tell that there was no way it was going to happen. But, you know, I had that, I had that dream, you know, I had that, I had that, uh, fire in my belly. And, um, so I, I chased it tirelessly for goddamn 10 years. Uh, most of it was in my first band. Uh, we were like a thrash metal band and all that, um, then I moved on to a more traditional rock band. Then I moved on to like a power metal band with a bunch of 40, 50 year old dudes. Um, you know, I, I was just taking whatever came my way to, to try to make something happen. And I can't, I got to, you know, like a moderate level of uh, success or notoriety, but you know, like I said, I, uh, I had to, throughout all of this, I, I wasn't making any money off music, not, not a single cent, sure. um, you know, or, uh, that's not fair. Maybe 20 bucks off shows here and there, you know, it, but it wasn't anything where I was making enough to e even be close to living on. Um, so I had to uh, hold down a full-time job throughout all of that. Um, and, uh, and it was whatever job I could find in that economically depressed area, you know, factory jobs, um, uh, working at the drugstore, doing one hour photo when, when that was still a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Tech support was a thing too. Um, that was like one of the big uh, jobs in Watertown. So that was, you know, I got on board with that at the place everyone worked at, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I just uh, had that realization at 25. I woke up one day and I was living in a friggin' drug den. We we're all like stoned out of our minds all the time. And I'm just like, this sucks, man. <laughs> this, wow, is, okay. this is not how I want to live the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I got the hell out of there. I moved in with my old man and, uh, you know, he let me crash there and kind of sober up and get my, get my head back on. And, um, 
that's when I started researching into recording because it's like, if I'm not going to do it, if I'm not going to make it by being in a band and being a rock star, then I'm going to, I'm going to hit music from the side door. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on getting through that brick wall. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to go. Yeah. You're going to go to the left, maybe a little bit back around. (laughs) Exactly. What was the transition period? Like, like living with your dad and, you know, what was it going through your mind when you were deciding to, to leave your apartment where you're at, where you're all stoned out and everything? Like, how was that for you? Um, it was, um, it was interesting. Uh, you know, you, uh, throughout all of this process of, you know, kind of reinventing myself to, you know, go down this path and everything, you lose a lot of friends and you have to be willing to sacrifice, um, you know, certain things such as friendships and relationships, um, because, you know, you, you kind of come to realize that those aren't good for you anyways. Those are part of the, you know, that's part of what's holding you back, um, is people putting you in a box and not letting you escape that box. <clears throat> sure. It's more comfortable for them if you stay in the box. Cause then if you grow out of the box, then that's, and tells them, well, I guess I could too, with a little bit of, you know, effort. And that's, yeah. uh, that's uncomfortable. So they, yeah, they, the tribe wants to kind of keep the tribe together. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's totally understandable. It's human nature, but you got to do what's best for you. Amen. I sound like a religious zealot, but you're really <laughs> preaching to the choir right now. I promise I'm not, but I do like uh, using amen from time to time. Cause you're really, like I said, you're just preaching to the choir. You're hitting those chords, man. So Absolutely. That's, that's I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you lost some friends on the way. Keep going. Dig into that. Um, well, I mean, it got to the point where um, eventually I had one really good friend who did have my best interests in mind. And I started talking to him about, you know, like, oh, man, I want to want to start over. I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to get into recording. And I already found the school that I want to go to. Um, and, uh, you know, it's in Texas. And he said, well, dude, you know what? Let's go to Texas. So he and I just you know, because it's so, I know it's, it's starting to sound like, you know, I'm kind of riding people's coattails through life because, you know, I've, you know, um, moved to Texas with a friend, you know, moved in with my dad, you know, moved, uh, and now I'm living with my brother. And it's like, it, it sucks, but it's kind of how you have to do things in this day and age. You can't do shit on your own anymore. It's so hard. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I hear that perspective, but I hear it as like these beautiful opportunities have just come your way, right? That, you've decided to go in a direction. And like I said, things just sort of start to open up. Yeah. Right? So um, Joseph Campbell, who do you know who Joseph Campbell is? Not familiar. An author that studied myth, we'll say mythology. I guess that's a real word, mythology, myth, right? All these like world myths. And what okay. he noticed was that there was this overarching theme in every story, right? And this is even our children's stories that we tell, but the reoccurring theme was the hero. It's called the hero's journey mm-hmm. where the main character goes on a journey. And along the way, he's introduced to people that assist the journey. Yeah. Right. So like maybe he's traveling through the woods and he meets, you know, an elf who helps him along or whatever, you know, it's, it's sort of this reoccurring theme until he gets to the end. I mean, the Lord of the Rings is a great example of this. Yeah. Right. So we all know that one. So, so I hear it as your hero's journey where like you, you know, you were in the, the den and you decided like, I've got to get out. 
And then there were people in your life that assisted you in that transition and provided you with like support. So I think, Oh yeah. 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 No. And um, you know, honestly, that's kind of my imposter syndrome kind of peeking out uh, and uh, saying it's saying it's share. Um, You know, that's definitely something that I think we all deal with a little bit at some point. Like, you know, am I just a fucking fraud? Am I just kind of drifting through all this too? Um, But um, yeah, no, it's like, um, you're absolutely right. These are people who, um, you know, I expressed my vision for my life. And they said, God damn, I believe in that. And I want to help it. Ha- I want to help make it happen. So i yeah. um, eternally grateful for all those opportunities. Shout out to the friend that you moved to Texas with. What's his name? His name's Ben Flasher. Hell yeah, Ben. Best he- bud, for, best bud since he, we were like 11 years old. So that's what's up. That's what, that's great. So is he in Texas? Like what happened to Ben? Uh, he, um, he went on to Texas to kind of, um, you know, create a uh, better opportunity for his family because he was going through the same thing that I was going to, but he uh, going through, but he had a a wife and one kid at the time. Um, And then that eventually turned into three kids. (laughs) And uh, so we moved down there and uh, we kind of established things for, you know, uh, for his family to come down and and, uh, move. And then he decided to um, join the military and everything. Um, and now he's at the point where he's kind of getting out of that phase of his life. And, you know, so we're all kind of like, uh, up in the air right now, as far as, uh, you know, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? We're always looking forward. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad that, uh, you know, you were obviously a part of Ben's journey too. So that's awesome. Yeah. I gave him the, the emotional support and I'm sure more to go and make the move down to Texas. So I think that's great. Cool. Well, I'm curious to know if you met any characters, assistants while you were in school, like you're going through school. Did anyone else like come into your life? Like uh, fortuitous? Is that the word you used? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that word. Cool. Um, kind of, sort of. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of my uh, instructors, well, um, there was one guy uh, that uh, really set me on a more defined version of my path. Um, my first, my first semester of school, I was uh, taking like a, uh, a class about public speaking or something like that. And I had to interview someone just like you're interviewing me right now. And um, his name was Will Russell. He was, uh, he uh, is uh, an engineer up at a studio in Interlaking, New York over Bro. by, Electric yep. Wilberlin. I'm like Electric are you Wilberlin. About yep. Will that I I'm I've been emailing Will. He's about to start mixing my first single. I've recorded in his church a couple times. That that's fucking amazing. Yeah, he mixed um the second band that I was in. He mixed one of our singles and did a phenomenal job. So like uh okay. you know when Sick. when that assignment came around, I'm like I got to talk to Will. I got to see how, what he's been yeah. up to. Great dude. Great dude. Oh, yeah. That's Will so funny, so- man. That is funny. As soon as you said, because I, I know him as, you know, it's just Will. And so I don't, you know, I, I never really think of his last name, but I see the email. So it says William Russell, you know, and, and you said Will Russell. And I'm like, wait a second. I think that's him. I think that's, you know, and, then, and as soon as you said Interlake and I'm like, yeah. Yep. That's the guy. Man, what a cool space Will has too. I. Yeah, oh, it's I re- amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. My brother-in-law records there. He lives in Trumansburg and, um, so he just hit me up. He was like, Hey, let's cut a record. I want to do something a little more rock. I want a drummer. Um, so yeah, we, we went to Will's space and I met him and he's doing, you know, social distance recordings now. And, you know, oh. you can do, you know, yeah, I know social <laughs> distanced, uh, 
uh, mixing, you know, so I can send it. So it's great. I, I, I love his work. And um, so I hit him up. I was like, Hey, but I'm working on these songs. I'd love to be able to kick them to you when they're ready. Cause I appreciate his ear. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. Um, I, is. I never had the opportunity to record in his space, but I, I will tell you a funny story about, okay. uh, about, uh, Will. Um, and, uh, I'm only telling you this because you know the guy, so I, I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Right. So, um, when I was in that, that second band, the, the band's name was, uh, Seventh Son, and, um, he this was after he had mixed that song for us and like i said he did a phenomenal job it was it sounded like it was the most radio quality thing that i've ever um yeah, had the pleasure legit. of putting out you know so legit the, the so legit the recordings of my brother-in-law i'm like this is hands down exactly what you said yeah absolutely yeah. like it, it, wow. he is top notch um yeah. but uh so after that after he did that with us um he had a birthday party and um we decided that we were going to come crash it. I can't remember if we were formally invited or if he just kind of like mentioned it, but um, you know, we, we hit the road down to Interlaken and uh, showed up at a studio and um, we're like, man, we should bring something. Uh, so we stopped at a, at a nearby price chopper and grabbed some uh, fried chicken and stuff like that. Okay. You know, like a big old platter of fried chicken. Yeah. We get there and we're like, Hey, we got some chicken. Where could we, where could we put it? And he kind of gives us a weird look and he's like, Oh uh, yeah, go put it on that table over there. And it's all vegan, man. It's uh, I knew all you were vegan. Say that, huh? <laughs> yeah, <shit. laughs> well, you got some chicken for yourself now. You know what I mean? I mean, Hey, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of funny though. You know, it was one yeah, of those cool. fish out of the water kind of, kind of scenarios. <laughs> it's like, Hey, the band is here and they brought chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone there was just, you know, um, eating corn and succotash and, you know, <laughs> succotash. That's what is succotash though? Like I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you, man. Because I remember that term <laughs> growing up, but I'm thinking, like, what was that? I know that's not its real name, right? Um, I, I it is the name of a dish. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, but I think it's some sort of butternut squash something puree like that. or something. Yeah, Succotash. yeah you're probably right. Word. It is a weird word. I think it. I think it um originated with the uh you know uh, with the natives. One of those uh Got Native it, yeah. American words. That makes sense. So anybody needs a band name out there that hasn't. Uh, been taken that's probably succotash might be all right suffering succotash even you know <laughs> yeah all right so so you're going through school and then will comes along what happened there tell me more yeah so i had an interview with him um and he just laid it out for me he told me everything that he possibly could about like his personal insight on you know the recording industry um everything that uh goes into his work, his, his personal philosophy on everything. Um, and you know, I was kind of at a point where I was, uh, I was just kind of starting to get on this road and I was still very unsure about a lot of things. And he gave me a roadmap mm. and that was fucking phenomenal, you know, like considering, um, the, you know, considering that, that level of uncertainty that I was at at that point, it was, um, very overwhelming and I didn't, I, I didn't know if I was, you know, going to have any, any success out of this, you know, coming out of it, you know, 27 years old, st starting to go back to school and everything, you know, so I had, I had a lot of heavy doubts and everything. And he just gave me a, a roadmap to follow. And, um, 
I still carry it. I still carry it around with me. I transcribe the whole damn thing, and it's like a a packet of paper about that thick, and I I carry it with me wherever I go. What were some of the key points? If you could think of like top three key points from it, Ooh, I should have had it. I I, I should. <laughs> I should have it sitting right right here in front of me, but um, I couldn't give you anything specific uh, at this point. It's all just a bunch of internalized philosophy. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, if, if you said no philosophy, I'd love to hear like what that is, <laughs> but if it's cool, if, it's, if I'm putting you on. Well, the- um, well, a lot of it is just about, you know, like um, kind of what I touched on previously about uh, the work that you do. It's not so much about pressing record. Uh, you know, any, any monkey can, you know, sit, yes. sit in a chair and press record and have a, have a track for someone in like 15 minutes. Um, but, <laughs> you know, there's no way of ensuring that that's going to be the, the best take, you know, the, it's knowing how to get that best take out of your, <clears throat> out of your artist and uh, knowing how to work with them to get them in that mindset that's going to give you the best performance. Um, that's yeah. where the value of being a recording engineer sits. Um, and so he really kind of uh, communicated that to me in a really wonderful way. That's awesome, man. And that makes so much sense because especially nowadays with, you know, the ability for artists to record at home, right? It's, it's you've got to be bringing more of that experience <laughs> so that, they don't just think like, like you said, any monkey could press this record button. So why don't I just do it? It's like, no, we need to go work with Cliff because Cliff like brings that vibe and puts us in the mood. And like, it just gives it that extra sauce that makes it worth the experience and worth the, the money. Right. Cause at yeah. the end of the day, people are paying for it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, um, it's like 90% of the job is working with the artist you know no only 10 percent of it is got it you broke up a little bit 10 percent is what uh 10 percent is laying down tracks that's the easy part yeah 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 yeah. well i'm curious then what's your like what's your favorite way for getting an artist in the zone do you have any like methods are you like you know cracking some jack daniels or like what's going on you know (laughs) Not even, man. Like, uh, I keep things real stone sober at the studio. You know, they might come in under the influence or sure, something sure. like that. And you you can't really have any sort of position against that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're artists. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so, you know, what really gets them in the place the quickest is just talking to them like a fucking human being. You know, if, if they come in and they're, uh, you know, just talking smack, you know, don't be afraid to talk a little bit of smack back to them. You know, if if someone comes in busting balls, you got to be ready and ready and willing to bust balls right back. You know, you know, as a fellow New Yorker, you gotta. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's fun. Yeah. I lived in New York city for a while there too. The people are real quick. They'll, uh, they'll bust Mm. your balls. Mm. (laughs) Okay. All right. So yeah, it's just going to meeting them where they're at sort of mirroring that energy exactly yeah yeah absolutely no one wants to come in feeling like they're a customer you know no one wants to come in feeling like oh this is just today's session you know they want to come in feeling like i'm a valued artist and this is a guy who you know gets where i'm coming from and uh he's gonna and he cares to do the work so if they're not feeling that you know if you're not making them feel comfortable and uh and confident in you then it's just not going to go well 
Got it. Got it. Okay, man. So you, you know, you went on your path, you met Will, you were, you know, graduated from school and then you moved to Georgia right away and you got the job right away and you've been working there for a year and a half now. Is that correct? A little more than that, but yeah. More than that. Cool. Right on. Well, I mean, uh, boy, I'm curious. Like, I, it's so straightforward. I'm like trying to think like, <laughs> cause I always like to know like what people struggled with and oh, yeah. getting from oh, dude. their creative, like, cause you know, I, what I see a lot in the world is like children, you know, so young kids, like we're, we're creative, right? We play in bands, we, we paint, we draw, we like, we sing, we dance, we, you know, it's just like an innate thing for children to do and then the world convinces us that we shouldn't do that because it's not lucrative or lucrative enough and so we try to like fit into this other model but then we turn around and we watch you know tv and movies and we listen to music and we're we're taught to consume the art but we're not taught to create the art so there's a, a little bit of a cognitive dissonance there Oh, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. We're taught to consume it, but not create it. Yeah, because it's capitalist. It's a capitalist, you know, endeavor. I mean, yeah, but someone's got to be making it, you know. Of course. Why not you? There you go. There you go. Well, um, do you have anything to share a little bit more about some of that struggle that you went through? Oh yeah, dude. I could go on like for the next. Uh, how long you got here, man? Uh, I, I, I I don't time I it too much. Yeah, I, I, I could go for the next like uh, seven, eight hours about all the shit I had to dig through. Um, you know, it, it ultimately boils down to, um, you know, full-time job, uh, you know, or at least as close to full-time as you possibly can, um, full-time school, and um, ha- all, the, all the extracurricular stuff that I was expected to do on top of that, you know, projects, essays to write, practicing for my private lessons, uh, practicing for my uh, ensemble performances, um, and, uh, you know, trying to sleep, trying to make sure that I'm fed, trying to make sure that there's clothes on my back. Um, that was <laughs> like the mother of all uphill battles. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it would, one one um one thing that I'm always uh, trying to hammer into someone's head whenever they're talking about going down the same path is you got to be ready to sacrifice. You know, it's that's what it boils down to. Is um, I don't necessarily see it so much as struggles, but sacrifice. You know, I sacrificed um, having a personal life or a social life for about ten years almost. Yeah. Um, because that's what had to be sacrificed in order to make it happen. Um, I had a I had a instructor back in high school, uh, Chuck Costantino. Um, it was in a vocational school for graphic design of all things, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he would always tell us, "Do whatever it takes to get the job done." You know, meaning no excuses, just do what it, do what you have to do. And so that's the mind frame that I had through throughout that whole, you know line of bullshit that I had to go through is, um, you know, this is just another thing I have to do. It, it doesn't even matter. You know, I, you know, I've worked overnight jobs or doing, uh, doing overnight stocking at a grocery store, you know, because that was the only job that would work with my school schedule. Yeah. Um, I've had to, uh, be one of those guys calling people up, you know, in the middle of dinner to get their opinions on, uh, 
on uh, local media. You know, what TV stations do you listen to or do you watch? What radio stations do you listen to? You know, and I, I had to be one of those guys for a while. Um, it basically, uh, I was a bus boy, a dishwasher. Um, and uh, at the, the very last job that I had before leaving was going back to tech support. <laughs> like that was my comfort zone, but it was only after all the crap was done. The, the entire time in college was outside of my comfort zone doing all sorts of odd jobs, whatever popped up. Just because if it's not going to work with your school schedule, you have to make that choice between, okay, do I take a shit job or do I take school? Yeah. School wins. School wins every time. Yeah. I think it's a great point that these things take sacrifice. Like how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Right. I remember I had a lunch with a friend in New York and he had gone to school for music business. I had no idea. And I was like, bro, like let's get lunch. You know what I mean? I didn't know you had a degree in that. Let me pick your brain. And uh, he said to me, he's like, you know, I watched the Eagles documentary and in that documentary, there's like, you know, they talk about how they were all like living in the same apartment and basically sleeping on the floor and just like rehearsing every day and going for it. And he was like, it made me realize like, it's that hunger, you know, it's like, how bad do you want it? And what are you willing to sacrifice? Is that, you know, like friendships, maybe low quality friendships, you know, the, the time, you know, seeing, seeing people less. And I think it's easy to lean into those comfortable habits because starting to like go out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable by its nature. Right. But it's a good, it's a good reminder for everyone. It's like, yeah, you've got to sacrifice some things and yeah, do the uncomfortable thing, which can be focusing on your art, your passion. Yeah. I mean, the first step to growth is being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You start, uh, you start going to the gym and lifting weights. You're very uncomfortable in that situation. (laughs) Trust me. I just, I just started going to the gym yesterday for the first time in years. I was very uncomfortable, but that's that's the first step to growth. It totally is. It's funny you said that because I worked out like lifted weights, I think two weeks ago. And then I did it for the first time again this afternoon. And yeah, (laughs) I was uncomfortable, right? I was getting like, you know, up in reps and I was like, oh, and it's interesting because it's so easy to to give up, mm-hmm. right? Like I was lifting and I, and my goal was like in this scenario was 15 reps at a certain weight. Right. And, you know, I'm getting to like 12 or 13 and starting to get uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And it's like, I could just put this down. Like there's, there's nobody here. It's just me. Uh, and that's the interesting thing too, about art when you don't necessarily have someone telling you to do another rep. It's all up to you. It's yeah. all up to you. And, and yeah, the, we can be so, easy on ourselves yeah you can't do that you can't do that we're we're all so willing to give ourselves excuses out of things you know it's it's an ingrained part of human nature to take the easy road you know taking the taking the hard road is a very um it's a very high order of uh intellectual ability uh to be able to say i'm going to do this really difficult thing instead of just finding a place where I'm comfortable and coasting it out for the rest of my life. You know, that's, that's kind of the, yeah, that's, that's the animalistic urge in in every one of us is to um, find that easy road and just Mm -hmm. stick to it. 
um, because we're comfortable and, but, but like the, then the human brain comes out and it's like, um, I don't want to be comfortable. I have lofty aspirations. I want to be, you know, the, the world's next big singer and everything. And that's, there's a lot that goes into that. And I'm going to go for that. You know, that's, that's the, that's humans. That's the human spirit, you know? And so that's what I, that that's what I'm all about. That's what I try to embrace and uh, encourage in everyone. You know, don't be the, don't be the animal who just sits on the couch 24 hours a day and is happy about that. Do something that makes you unhappy for a little while, but then makes you happier than you would be on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Amen, man. Yes, love it. So, do you still play music? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, recently, not as much as I, as I used to, um, you know, you kind of, it kind of hits you in phases after a while. Um, if you, if you're not, you know, pursuing it, um, you know, from a professional musician standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, you always have to keep your chops up because if you don't understand the music that you're trying to record or you don't, you don't understand you know, you don't keep up your understanding on music, then it, the rest, everything that's tied to it just kind of washes away. Okay. So with that said, do you ever try to record your own hip hop just so you can kind of be in that headspace? <laughs> I've tried a couple times, man. I've tried a couple times and, um, you know, I am not like vocally, I'm not built for rap. I can't do it. Um, comes up uh, like I can, I can, make rhythms with my mouth. You know, I can, I can write, I could write words that rhyme, but when it comes (laughs) to putting it together and making it sound good, the delivery, the tone and everything, it's just, it it sounds so wrong coming out of me. Um, and and even on the beat production side, you know, I can compose, you know, all day till, till the cows come home, you know, I can, you know, write something that's, um, instrumental, instrumentally interesting and rich and everything. But, um, you know, trying to make like a trap beat or something like that is a completely different ball game. And um, I can't wrap my head around it. I'm not saying that it's inferior. I'm saying that it's so different that I can't understand it. No, I, I got that from you. Yeah, man. I mean, I lived with a guy in Queens and he was an incredible like MC. I mean, it just, it's just ridiculous the, the, the way he could just even freestyle. And it's like, man, how does your brain even work like that? And obviously years of practice, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible skill. Yeah. The whole thing. I hope to get into beat making someday as a drummer. It looks like it would be pretty rewarding. Uh, I tested it out though. It's, it's, it's kind of like fishing. I felt like it was in the beginning, there was too much I had to learn. And it was kind of like, I was just like <laughs> throwing it back out there. Like, no, that's not quite it. And then just <laughs> yep. over yeah, and that's over cr- again. That's kind of what I, what I kind of uh, encountered too, is it's a lot of trial and error um, yeah. to try to, you know, figure out how to do it. I mean, yeah, you could, you could watch a bunch of YouTube videos of people t- telling you how they do it and everything, but you know, it's probably better to just try to figure it out for yourself. And I don't know, man, I haven't quite gotten there yet. I dabble every now and then, but I get discouraged real easily on it. <laughs> and there is this woman right now out of Texas and she works with this hip hop artist named Toby Wigway. Okay. Um, it looks like, no Wigway. It's like N W I G W E, but it's pronounced Wigway. But her <laughs> name is Nell, just N E L L. And she's pretty new to producing music. I mean, she's probably been doing it for like, you know, five or 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible. This, like, it's hip hop, but these are like soundscapes that she builds for his lyrics. 
And I've heard some of his old rhymes where he just took those same rhymes and put them on his first record with her production. And when it's just over like a regular hip hop beat, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Really talented. But man, what she brings to the table. So, you know, as a sound engineer, recording engineer, someone who's like, you know, dabbling and producing and stuff, or, you know, at least hip hop, uh, I definitely encourage you to check out Toby Weegway. Her name is, and then the producer is now, he always works with her at this point, basically exclusively. Mm. And, uh, it's just incredible. I listen to it. I'm like, oh my God, these are soundscapes. This isn't like, okay, we bring the high end, high end back in for the chorus and then you take it out yeah. for the verse like an old Buster Rhymes album. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're, you know, where you just have like an eight bar loop and yeah. uh, you just take out certain instrument tracks yeah, uh, for yeah, certain yeah. parts. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are like, it's like, wow. So she's, so she's actually approaching it in an orchestral um, kind of way. Uh, that's really guess, interesting. Is that the word? Yeah. I mean, it's, they are, the way I describe them is as soundscapes. Yeah. So, but it's like in movements, right? So it's yeah. like you have your first movement, then you have your second movement and stuff like that. I Instead guess so. Of just, that's, yeah. that's really interesting. Can you shoot me some links? Yeah, I will shoot you some links. It's crazy. I mean, there was one song where like, all it is is ride bell on the eighth note. She's like, ding, 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 ding. It's out of nowhere, just like ride bell. And then more, you know, stuff. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, who thinks of just throwing in ride bell for like two bars? Like, that's nuts. It's so crazy. Uh, I could talk about her all day. So, you know, I'm a huge fan and I will definitely send you some links. I think you'll appreciate it. Totally, man. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, my man, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know your day is just getting started. Is there anything else you want to like add, you know, throw out there? Um, well, uh, it's a, it, kind of the same thing that I would tell anyone looking to uh, kind of go down the same road that I, you know, that I've gone down is um, don't do it unless you're really fucking serious about it. You know, don't just say you're going to do it. And then, you know, five months later, you you just move on to the next thing. If you're going to do it, dig your heels into it and fucking enjoy the ride. You know, find a way to enjoy the ride because <laughs> yeah. it's not always going to be enjoyable. It's going to be a really tough thing. But if you push through, the rewards will come. And I'm still not even at this point where, you know, I'm, you know, super successful or anything. I'm just at the point where I'm kind of breaking even with the shit jobs that I've had in the past. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, from like a pay level, I'm making as much now as I was, you know, working 11 hour, 11 bucks an hour full time, you know, five years ago, but it's doing something that I love. And that is absolutely um, one of the best feelings in the world. So, um, and it's, and it's just going up from here. It all just boils down to feet through the door. You get to a point where the feet are consistently coming through the door and you're never going to need anything for a while you know that that's going to take care of your needs for a long time and it's so worth it to be doing something that you love like yeah. that's priceless yeah too many people are not doing something they love it's yeah absolutely you know we we need to be a little bit more idealistic with how we look at things i agree man that's why i'm doing this podcast it's like you got one life to live right yeah. that's why this is your one shot i'm 37 i have no business by all standards, like starting to record solo material. You know what I mean? It's like, I should just settle into my job and, you know, watch Netflix all night. No, fuck that, uh, man. Where's the fun in that? Yeah, fuck that. Exactly. It's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun. So, you know, go the hard way because you love it. The truth is I love music, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Take the hard road, you know, fuck the easy road. The easy road doesn't exist. 
Fuck the easy road. Maybe I'll call the episode this. Can I swear on those <laughs> platforms for my? Uh, yeah, I, I, I figured. I, I figured. Uh, I thought about uh, asking you about that at the beginning of the interview, but uh, you know, I heard you saying you know like hell and shit, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I think this, I dropped this guy's few. cool. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's nah, cool. I mean, I don't know what these things are, you know. But anyways, it's not like kids are listening to this, and I think those are pretty normal words, to be quite honest. Totally appreciate your like you know pre awareness of that. So. Right on, Cliff. Well, hey, man, I just want to say thank you. This has been awesome. I loved hearing about your journey and your story. And yeah. uh, there's so many good nuggets in here to draw out. I'm really looking forward to going back through this and, uh, you know, talking about them as I put this podcast out there. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And, you know, maybe someone, maybe someone out there will uh, transcribe it and carry it around with them in a packet of paper that thick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You never know, man, man. If you see if you see Will before I do, tell him I said hi, and uh, he probably doesn't even remember me at this point. But man, he had such a great impact on my life. So, oh brother, know. I will definitely hit him up because we're communicating pretty regularly with email these days. So it's just too good of a story. I might not see him for a while because I don't know when I can go back to the states. But uh, but we'll I'll definitely shoot him an email like, hey man, funny story. <laughs> yeah, might, right. You know, he might remember. He seems like the type of guy's got a good memory. Yeah. So. Small world, man. Small world. It's crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Two upstate the, New York kids and yeah. One last little thing. One last little thing because uh, yeah. that kind of brought something interesting along. Um, you know, kind of getting on the philosophical, maybe spiritual side of things a little bit. Let's hear um, it. Go for it. Love it. Yeah, dude. So when I when I moved here to uh, Georgia and I um, I hooked up with uh, Rob in, in regards to getting a job at, at, the, uh, at the studio, uh, we got to talking about like a couple weeks. I started out as an intern and we got um, talking a couple weeks into the internship. And it turns out that he lived in my hometown uh, for wow. about, for about four years after I had left. And so life will always throw little um, coincidences at you. Yes. And like it happens all the time if you're paying attention. And in my mind, man, you the way chills. Keep going. In my mind, that is what tells you that you're on the right path. Woo! You know, oh, the chills, man. They're really <laughs> peaking up right now. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, you and me, you and me talking about Will Russell of all people, one person yeah. out of, you know, 7 billion, and we yeah. both know him. And we didn't, we don't know each other, man. You know, you hit me up on Facebook, you know, out of the, the blue. Internet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that right there, that tells me something that, you know, um, we're both doing the right thing here. Awesome. Oh, man, thank you for that. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I just started this podcast, but it feels so good to do it. And it feels so natural. I'm just having fun with it. Everybody I bring on, I, I kind of don't know what to expect, but I'm just enjoying it. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that because I didn't want to get into like, maybe I wasn't sure either, like you just how you weren't sure about the swearing. I was like, do I really want to go down like more of a spiritual metaphysical? But that's kind of what I was suggesting earlier is like, you start going in a path and and we'll say the universe or whatever starts showing you like little here's little hints here's little breadcrumbs yeah. like you're going the right way i mean i was literally getting goosebumps all over my arms as you were telling me that because <laughs> i really believe that i really yeah. do i mean we don't understand what's going on this is just like a weird cosmic experience that we call human life yeah we're just a bunch of stupid little monkeys trying to figure shit out as we go along you know and a lot of it's crazy. made up <laughs> a lot yeah. of it's made up and you know some of it clicks and some of it doesn't a lot of it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's made up too. Yeah. That's why I'm a firm believer in like music and art and creativity being innate. Cause it kind of just comes from like somewhere deeper. That's 
you know, not so conscious in a way. Yeah. It's definitely something bigger than ourselves. Um, yeah. It, we're, like we're, we're some kind of uh, humanity is some kind of super organism when we're just expressing that. Yeah. 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 Beautiful, man. Well, that is even like, that was such a high note to end on brother. That was perfect. <laughs> glad. I'm glad, man. I was, yeah. I was kind of like, uh, should I say this? No, I'm going to say it, <laughs> Good, man. I'm glad you did follow your gut, right? That's what you did. And now you're living it, living the dream in Georgia, you know, living the dream, but you know, still, still a little bit of a struggle, but you know, it's, um, it's, but that's what the dream is, right? You talked yeah, about that. The it's dream a struggle. Is, there's some struggle. It's an endless it. struggle. That's inherent. And it's like my understanding of anything is like the people who fail are the ones who give up, mm-hmm. right? And so there's always yeah. going to be struggle. Oh, absolutely. Right? There's always going to be struggle. But you just, you accept that and you keep going. Mm-hmm. Or you don't, but then you don't grow. You don't get to that point that you're headed towards. So, yeah, man, you might be struggling a little bit right now, but you're on your way. Yeah, so that's living the dream to me, if you ask me, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, in that perspective, absolutely. But, you know, in the perspective that most people, uh, you know, think about it as um, sure. definitely, definitely not there yet, but I'm working towards it. <laughs> yeah, but they're just, I mean, a lot of those people are jealous and they'll probably never do anything that they're truly passionate about. Sorry, yeah. maybe I shouldn't say that at the end. Like, go do what you love, everyone. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, try to be, I'll be inspiring. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, a lot of people are scared. And so that's just like, oh, you're not making any money and you're, you know, doing what you love. Like, why would you do that? And it's like, yo, why would you work nine to five, like five days a week or more for the rest of your life? Just for a dollar bill. That you're not passionate about. That is brutal. Yeah, you're just doing it for a dollar bill so you could buy things, you know, like uh, uh, not not to get into an anti-capitalist rant or anything because, you know, capitalism definitely has its things. But um, holy shit, man, it's so it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It's just a weird game that we're playing. Yeah. You said monkeys. We've got these brains. And so we've just sort of created this game and it's called capitalism. Earn money. But hey. It allows me to buy an Aston spirit so that I can, yep. you know, pursue my, I passion. mean, I, I like that spirit, man. I like that. Uh, you know, um, solid, I, right? yeah, it's a solid mic. I, I got, I had the pleasure of working one with one, uh, back in school. Um, yeah. right now at the studio, we're using the, uh, the slate, um, the, the slate virtual mic system. Fucking okay. love that dude. Cool. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Oh, you don't No, dude, go to, go to slate digital.com. And uh, it'll it'll be all about it. So like um, Slate Digital, uh, they created these um, uh, virtual mics that like they have a completely flat frequency response. So no characteristics or anything like that on their own. They're non-colored. And then they created software to emulate the EQ curves and specific characteristics of famous mics. So um, yeah, uh, the the mic itself is like eight hundred bucks, and uh, you, it's basically thirteen mics in one, because wow. you can just you you click a button and you instantly change the character the audio characteristics of that mic, and it's true to it's true to form, it's not just you know oh yeah this is an emulation no it's a true emulation. Cool, that sounds pretty sick. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Definitely cool. suggest looking into that. All right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta earn some more money though, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on, Cliff. Hey, this is awesome, man. It was super fun to connect with you, brother. Yeah, I'm really happy you hit me up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, start making some more music in, in a band or something, you just hit me up, let me know. I'd love to hear more about that. 
yeah, I'll, I'll let you know after I win my first Grammy, you know, and we yeah. can have a follow-up conversation of where are you now, Cliff? And, I, and I'll be here, you know, wearing like a zebra print robe. And... <laughs> Yo. We'll just go, we'll just pick it up from there, man. <laughs> hey, Will has a Grammy. It's, it's in the he does. possibilities, you know what I mean? So, right. He does. Know. That was, that was awesome. Like, uh, he didn't have that when I worked with him and then he got it, um, you know, you know, between the time of me working with him and then me interviewing him. So that was really cool. Yeah. But it's in the realm of possibility. It's in that scope. So just keep, keep moving towards your dream, brother. I know exactly. you will. Yep. Yep. Failure is yes. not an option. Giving up's not an option. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, when you win that Grammy, we'll definitely have you back on. And even before that, if something cool is going on, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, totally, man. Awesome, Cliff. Well, thanks, brother. Appreciate this. I'll let you go uh, enjoy your enjoy your day in Georgia. All right. And, absolutely, uh, stay Mike. cool, all right? All right. You as well, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cliff. Take care. All right. Take it easy. You too. Oh, man. That was a good one. I'm feeling really good right now. You know, that, that whole idea, right? That, that deeper, we'll say mystical, right? It's mysterious, right? Why is it that when we start to head in a direction that messengers appear or certain opportunities appear, right? I firmly believe that. And so I would highly recommend for those of you listening to notice when those things come up and, you know, appreciate and move towards them because um, it's this mysterious thing that I've noticed time and time again. So, Ooh, I got goosebumps just listening to Cliff tell me about that. That was beautiful. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to reconnecting to the artists within the podcast, right? Where I am inspiring you to crack open your creative vision and unleash it on the world. So thank you so much for listening everyone today. Looking forward to bringing you the next episode. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review or give it a thumbs up or whatever the sort of, you know, method is on your listening platform. Reviews are always super helpful. And like I said, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to listen to another one because we've got a couple going on right now. So awesome. Looking forward to bringing you more content. My name is Mike Murray. If you want to hit us up in the Facebook group, it is reconnecting to our inner artist. And you can find more information there about just like diving deeper into connection with your creativity, whatever that might be. So have a beautiful day and I will see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.